welcome to Bullpen Sessions, where you will learn the lessons from the athletes excelling at the highest level so you can take these same lessons and apply them to your sport, business, and life. My name is Andy Neary, and each week I sit down with current and former pro athletes and other professionals tied to the sports world where we dive into the mindset of those athletes excelling at the highest level, teaching you lessons you can apply so you can have massive success in your sport, business, and life. So do me a favor, grab your glove, grab a ball, take the mound, because you are about to strike out those limiting beliefs that have been holding you back for oh so long. Here we go. If you're interested in enhancing your leadership and work-life harmony, evolving your life professionally and personally, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast with Andre Young. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the You Evolving Now podcast. I'm Andre Young. I am so happy that you're here with us today. And I promise that what you hear today from our special guest is going to make your day even better. So without further ado, I hope that you're ready to evolve professionally and personally with former Major League Baseball player and current founder of Complete Gaming Consulting, Andy Neary. Welcome to the show. Andre, I am excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. And I know we're going to probably talk sports and business, so I'm excited. I'm excited too. I don't always get this talk sports on the show. And you guys listening, it's not going to be sport locker room chatter. It's going to be <laughs> things that we've learned from sports, some of the hard lessons, some of the, uh, the, the fun lessons that also apply to you as a leader within your organization, for your team, and even in your personal life as well. So let's jump in, Andy. I, I want to start off with one of the fun questions. What was the best part for you being a professional sports player, a professional baseball player? What was one of the best parts for you? That's a really good question. I've had a lot of people ask me questions around playing, but not like, but that's one I, I have not gotten asked a whole lot is what was the most fun about it? I think when you're that age, I was 21 years old. It's the realization when, you know, when you're coming up, when you're playing high school baseball, you're playing college baseball. I played at a mid-major Division One school. So we were lucky to have 100 people show up at the games, right? But all of a sudden now you're playing pro baseball and you've got fans. You've got, you're, I don't want to say you're a celebrity, but in, a, in, a, in the town that you are playing, in this case, I was in Helena, Montana. I was in Ogden, Utah. You're a celebrity. And I think when you say the fun part about that, it's not vanity I'm talking about. Oh, I'm a celebrity. Look at me. It's just you realize how important that team is to that town. Mm. Mm. And that everybody comes out to root for that team because for them, it's their identity as well. Right. So it's not and so think, much about even being the star player. Or the last person on the bench, being a part of that team and impacting that community and how they see you is fun. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the minor league system in baseball, and depending on the, the city and the town that that minor league team plays, for, for some of those cities, like that is their identity. Right. You know, there's nothing like minor league baseball. And because you play in some of the most unique towns in America. In my case, some of the towns we played in were in Canada. 
And and that was like in the summertime, that was what you did. You go to those games. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's why I'm asking this question and the next question, because a lot of times fans, people don't get to see the other side once the TV goes off. Once the TV goes off or they leave the ballpark, whatever your sport may be, they don't see the other side. And for me, one of the biggest fun parts was one, simply being able to say I played for a team or at that level. And I played small time professional when we're, you know, I've worked out for the New England Patriots scout that lasted all about five seconds. Then I played arena football, got injured. So that lasted a little bit longer than five seconds. But either way, to be able to stay that I played, the other part was game day. I don't think anything beats game day. However, as a leader, you better fall in love with practice. You better fall in love with your days at work and your team and your team meetings and the 17 Zoom calls because you're going to do that way more than the game day and the finished product and all of the wins and all of that stuff. So fall in love with that. The other fun part for me was really autographs. <laughs> I remember being in seventh grade, like practicing my autograph. And the first time a kid comes up and says, can you sign this? It is like, it melts your heart. Like it was the best feeling. And now as an author and a professional speaker, you and I get the signs autographs still. And it's one of the best and most coolest things to do. So that was big fun. Well, and, and you think about the autographs, you know, it reminds me of a memory. One of my best memories playing minor league baseball was one, signing autographs on baseballs, I will say is the hardest thing to do in sports. But number two, I remember the game. My parents were out in Montana watching. It was my mother's birthday. And you talk about signing the autographs and the fun. I was a middle reliever. And that night, our starting pitcher wasn't really good. I had to come in pretty early. I think it was like the third inning. I ended up going from the third to the seventh inning and getting the win. And I remember, number one, it was cool to get the win on my mom's birthday, having her in the stands. But two, I just remember after the game, I got flooded with little kids who wanted autographs. And I remember like how cool that was for my mom to watch that. Wow. And, and, and you're absolutely right. I think, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't play college baseball at a school where we're always signing autographs. But that one moment when you elevate to pro baseball, and again, you realize you have these kids in this town looking up to you and you have to be a role model for them. I mean, that was a huge shift, especially at, you know, when you're 20, 21 years old. Absolutely. Wow. I'm so happy that your mom got to see that. Uh, I, I still remember, you know, my parents seeing that for the first time. You're absolutely right. You mean so much to so many. Now, let's switch gears here because there's a flip side. There's a pro and concern to everything. Surprisingly, what was the hardest or worst part of being a professional athlete? And you guys who are leaders within your organization, some of this may sound familiar, the hardest and the worst part of being a leader. I can tell you, this is a big part of my keynote talks. When I got to pro baseball, Andre, I got away from everything that made me good. So in college, in high school, and then really in college, I developed, you talk about it's the work you put in off the field when no one's watching. I had developed a regimen in college that literally, I don't want to say became legendary, but people on my team were like, I don't know how the hell he does that. And it is the reason I believe I got the chance to play pro baseball. But when I got to pro baseball, everything that made me good in college with routine and habits and, and my mental state, I got away from. So what was the worst part? The worst part was when you're a free agent, in pro baseball, you feel like you can't fail mm. because 
They didn't spend a lot of money on you. It's very easy to cut a guy who's a free agent. And so you lived in that constant state of anxiety that I can't fail today. If I fail today, this could be it. Yes. And what happened was, is it allowed me to constantly live in this fear of comparison Mm -hmm. and judgment. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing about pro sports, and you understand this, college or pro, you are judged every day, literally, by stats. My stats are being compared to my own teammates Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And allowing that judgment and comparison to impact you mentally, I I hated being there. And again, it's partly my own fault for letting it happen. But at the same time, living in that constant state of, this could be it if I screw up, that wasn't fun at all. (laughs) You almost knocked me over when you said that, because that's my same answer. And you guys listening, it might be for you. Hardest part for me was that constant anxiety. See, when you go into work in an office, you're not one mistake away from it being on ESPN ticker of how much you suck or somebody else coming in and taking your job. And my introduction into college football, my position coach said, and I quote, all of those attaboys get wiped away with one old crap. And he didn't use the crap word. And I said, wow, so I can make 15 tackles, but on the 16th I miss, and all of a sudden I'm nothing. And you have this constant, some players, because not everybody's a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning. Some people are born and gifted and touched to be a football player, a baseball player, a tennis player. And when they step on wherever they step on to that court, that field, they're the best and nobody's going to take their spot. But that's rare. Most of us are good. I wasn't great. I was good. So that constant anxiety of, will my friend, my roommate take my spot? Then you have a veteran that might come in, transfer in, or be free agent in. And then you have the rookies coming up. So for me, I didn't learn how to play loose and to enjoy the moment and challenge myself or my coaches until I was already out of the sport like or on my way out of the sport. So that was the hardest and the worst part for me. And I want to ask you, like looking back on it, because now we all have hindsight. I show my kids, I teach my kids, I share with other people, employees. How do we overcome that? How would you best suggest that as someone in your past spot as a player, an entry-level person wanting to move up, a leader currently feeling that anxiety, how do they challenge themselves and the higher-ups so they can evolve? I'm going to use a sports analogy. You know, we both know that in sports, no matter what sport you're playing, if you play hesitant, that's when you get injured. Mm. Right. Rarely do you get injured when you're going 100% all out. And I think I use that same analogy in business is if you aren't giving it your all, leaving it all on the field, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to open the door for you to fail and for you to get quote unquote hurt, which could be fired, could be demoted, you name it. And I think when I look at my business, it's the reason I was able to become an entrepreneur, Andre. It took me 41 years to become an entrepreneur. It's because everything's on you. And you have to leave it all on the field. That's why I love doing what I do today. To me, it's like a game, like playing sports again, right? Yesterday, you might've got your butt kicked, but today is a new day and it's a chance to come out and play that game all over again. And if you can just go at it with that attitude of you are going to fail, but at least fail going 100%. And don't worry about what others say, how you're compared and just give it your all every day. Everything will work out. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, You weren't meant to be there. Mm. 
I love that you said that because I equate it to I'm a Steelers fan. So those of you who are listening who are not Steelers fan, please do not send me hate emails and things like that. Okay. I wish your team success too. Okay. As a Steelers fan, Troy Palomalu, even in a missed tackle, the whole crowd went, oh my goodness. He was moving so fast that if he would have connected, they're applauding that. So I looked at my business when I started it. I came in with that mindset that I didn't have as an athlete. I know I'm not going to fail. Now I'm going to move forward. And when this doesn't work, it won't be a lost cause. I'm going to do it a thousand percent. I'm going to take the lessons learned from it and we're going to move forward. And that mindset shift is amazing. So as a leader, no matter where you are within your organization, in your life, in your relationship, know what needs to be done, know why it needs to be done, do it a thousand percent, take the lesson from it and allow that to evolve. And I always like to add too, marry it with what the person receiving your effort needs most right now. Because as an athlete, I spent so much time and I watched my kids spend so much time getting better and putting extra effort in what they want to be better in, in their sport. Does it match what their coach needs? My son had the best jump shot in the land, couldn't get off the bench. So I taught him to get great question like I'm about to share with you guys. Look, hey, I want to be great here. I want a stadium named after me. This is what I want to do. What do you need most for me right now, coach? What do I need to do to play more? Not what I deserve, what I need. And his coach said, well, you got to get stronger. Now, my son, Andy, was allergic to the weight room. (laughs) So he's like, well, why do I have to get stronger? Well, you get stronger, you play better defense. You play better defense, you get more steals. You get more steals, you get easier layups. You get easier layups that adds 10 to 15 points to your game and colleges like that. So now have a great jump shot, but marry it with getting stronger and playing better defense. And it's a win for the coach, for the team, and for him. Now you have the answer. Is that what you want or are willing to do? And if so, great. Do it a little bit outside your comfort zone, but not so much that you wind up hating your coach, the boss, your wife or husband, and resenting the task, but do it a little bit outside your comfort zone. If you're not going to do it, great, but don't complain about your lack of success. Well, and I think what you just said is the key to life, if, if you want to be really honest with yourself, is constructive criticism, constructive feedback, you need to be getting that everywhere. You know, if you own your own business, like you and I do, get feedback from others on how you can improve. If you're a leader, I think there's this mentality is once you've arrived at that leadership role, you have to be perfect, right? Well, how about get, getting constructive feedback from the people on your team? How can I become a better leader? And at home with your significant other, get constructive feedback. How am I doing? Where can I improve? Because I think so many of us, I go back to my pro baseball career. I got judged every day by scouts, right? People who could actually promote me to single A, double A, triple A, or they could let me go. And you fear that criticism that may come out of their mouth, but it's the criticism that's going to make you better. Absolutely. One of the things I look, and you mentioned getting graded every day. Guys, I'm telling you, he is not exaggerating. If you have not played sports collegiately or professionally, every play, every snap I played in the game got a letter grade. And Monday was the day. You were review the film, you got your report card, and it was an A, B, C, D, or F on every play. I'm like, wow. So imagine your annual review on a weekly basis (laughs) on everything that you do. It's amazing. However, when my son now comes off the field or leaves a training, what grade do you give yourself? So I don't give him the grade. I turn it around. What grade would you give yourself? 
And then I'll share my grade with him and we'll discuss the difference. Or I'll talk to his quarterback coach. What grade would you give him? Because I want him to say it first and then let's see if it matches what's different and let's discuss it. It's not like this stamp of this is who you are and how you are and, and then we walk away. So it's a great thing to maybe even do with your people in one-on-one meetings and things like that. Uh, let me ask you, Andy, the biggest lesson, the biggest leadership lesson you learned through your sports career and maybe even through your entrepreneurial career, which we're going to get to of what you do to impact the world. What was the biggest leadership lesson you learned through sports and leadership? You know, it was the fact that as a baseball player, I'd say as an athlete as a whole, throughout my career up through college, I was always a captain. So whether I played football, basketball, or baseball, I was usually a captain on the teams I was a part of. And as a captain, your job is to set the tone. Your job is to be the role model. Your job is to lead by example. I was not a big lead by rah-rah. I was more of a, you want to learn how to, to be a really good baseball player? Just look at what I do off the field and do it. That was my whole credo. But when I got to pro baseball, everything switched for me mentally. And I just wanted to fit in. Mm. I no longer was a leader. I didn't view myself as equal to other people mm. because I'm a free agent. Some of these guys signed for six, seven figures. Who am I? And all of a sudden, what happened was instead of taking that leadership role like I had for most of my playing career, I took a backseat role of just wanting to fit in. Mm. And that's when everything went wrong. Wow. And so the lesson I learned in leadership is being a leader requires you to make tough decisions. Being a leader requires you to lead by example, mm -hmm. set the tone, because if you are in that position where others are looking up to you, they're watching everything you do. Absolutely. Wow. And you and I need to write a book together because we're thinking <laughs> so much on the same I still got to write my first one, Andre. <laughs> you know, when I thought about this, writing this question down to ask you, we have the same answer. The biggest leadership lesson I learned is I had to go first. So I was the leader. I was a linebacker at the time. My coach made sure it was important that I knew that I needed to be first in every drill and everything that we did. I had to be first, 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 first. And you also have to have that example, example, example. And you guys leading within the work, in your professional work, I think you can understand sometimes how lonely that can be. Your people don't understand the pressure that's on you. And they operate off of a lot of shoulds. Well, you should know the answer. You should be first and you should. And you're so busy setting the example and being first and trying not to lose your job at the same time, because that would be embarrassing as a captain, that it can become very lonely. So the leadership lesson I learned was twofold. One is self-care. I needed to know what I needed to do for me, which I did very poorly back then, so I can take care of myself, so I can be good enough and healthy enough to still be first in everything that we did, whether it was the sprints, whether it was whatever drill it was. The other thing is connection. I did a very poor job of connecting with my teammates through every phase. Sometimes I knew I wasn't going to be at a team long. Like I became a professional player at 30 years old. I knew I was going to be in and out of there just because of age. Mm -hmm. So I did a poor job of wanting to connect with people. And then as a leader, here's a hiccup. I was 30 years old, which might as well be 75 years old in sports sometimes, right? Sharing a locker with somebody that was 22. I was 30 with three kids, married, everything. To sit down and share a locker room with people who are 22 with no kids and little responsibility and the type of conversation, I was so turned off by it. 
Therefore, I disconnected and I'm here to do my job and save my skin or whatever it is. I so admire someone like a Tom Brady that at 44 can share a locker room with a 21-year-old rookie and have a connection with them that moves everybody towards a vision and championships. People talk a lot about what he does on the field. What he does in that locker room is rarely discussed and is the most powerful thing. So for me, that lesson, I needed to take care of myself and I needed to connect better. And that's everything that I talk about now as a leader. But that goes back to the comment I made earlier about leading by example, because think about the evolution of sports from the time you're in Little League in high school to college to, to pro sports. In high school, everything is choreographed for you, right? You go to school, you have class from you know 8.30 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, then you go to practice, then you come home, you have dinner and you do your homework, right? Like it's, read, it's set up for you. But when you get into college, guess what? Mm-hmm. You have some free time. You have less micromanaging going on, right? And that's where I saw the athletes set the good athletes that had success in college separate themselves from everybody else. It's the ones who can manage their time and do the things off the field when no one's watching because you have a lot of free time. Now, when you get to pro baseball or pro football, you have to manage yourself 100%. Mm. And this goes back to leading by example, whether you are actually the designated captain in sports or not, you can be a leader if you lead by example. Mm. And so now you apply that to the business world, to your point, Andre, there's a lot of people, let's be honest, who think leader is a job title they've been given. They've earned. The real leaders are the ones who realize they have to lead by example in everything they do, whether it's in the office, how they take care of themselves, how they improve who they are mentally and physically, who are they hanging around, who are they surrounding? Like you have to lead by example in every which way because when you're a leader, people are always watching. People are watching. I love it. Well, let me ask you, since we talked about the business world in this in the transition, what are you doing now? And then I want to talk a little bit about how do you make that transition? Because sometimes that that transition from going from uh, a ball player to that next phase of life. Sometimes it's hard for people. So we'll get into that. But what are you doing now? You mentioned, please say the name of your business. Share what it is we do and how you're impacting the world because you're a great person and people need to connect. You guys listening need to connect with Andy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Complete Game Consulting. And the name comes from the standpoint as a pitcher. What you are ultimately trying to achieve as a starting pitcher is a complete game, meaning you you pitch all nine innings. And so my whole philosophy is Complete Game Consulting is getting you ready to go all nine innings. And I happened to build a career in the insurance industry. And I'll tell you, the things that impacted me negatively in pro baseball, Andre, impacted me for at least the first 10 years of my business career. Fear of judgment, fear of comparison, fear of failure. And my first 10 years were not very good. And when Amy and I decided to make the move out to Colorado seven years ago, that's really when everything changed because I realized if I was going to have success, and this was an opportunity to do it in a market where nobody knows who I am, I had to really change my mentality about things. And really at the end of the day, what it came down to, Andre, is I realized ever since the day I entered pro baseball, up through the first 10 years of my business career, I was not living up to my full potential. I was not leaving it. I was leaving a lot on the field. And now when I look at my business, I yes, I come from the insurance industry. I work with insurance advisors and agencies. But at the end of the day, what this is about is helping people achieve their full potential. Mm. 
What I do specifically is I help people build a brand message their buyers love, the prospects love. But at the end of the day, really what it is, is giving somebody that freedom and confidence to wake up every day and just know you're living your full potential. Because so many are not, so many are holding back. Mm. Well, that resonated with me. I, I look back on how much I left on the field and the most proud gains I have were not always in wins. It was when I left it all on the field. When mm-hmm. I was shimmying off the field because I couldn't, my body couldn't even take full strides to get to the locker room. That was my most proud games, win or lose. So I'm wholeheartedly into what you're saying is leaving it all on the field and whatever your field may be in your relationship. I say, put your head on the pillow in peace every night knowing you gave it all and you'll be just fine. Okay. Yep. Insurance. Now, not everyone wakes up and says, I can't wait to do insurance. I can't wait <laughs> to help with insurance. So really briefly, why insurance and what tip could you give? Because it sounds like you help. Help me to understand so the audience can understand. It sounds like you help insurance agents build their brand and live their most full life doing it. So why insurance? And then what tip could you give for anybody listening that helped them do what you mentioned? Yeah. So why insurance? I have no really good answer, Andre. Most of us who are in insurance, <laughs> most of us did not get in the industry by design. You know, I was young. I was in my early 20s. Somebody said it'd be a great career that if you stick around long enough, right? You can play golf three days a week and life is going to be good. You'll be making great money. And I actually really found an affinity to health insurance. And for me, it was through education. I realized that that was an insurance many people didn't understand. It has a huge impact on their life. And I could make a big impact that way. Well, what I realized was I had built a brand for myself over the last seven years that the, became very recognizable in the health insurance industry. And really what it was, was at the time, I didn't even realize I was conscientiously building a brand. But what I was doing is overcoming those hurdles that impacted my baseball and early business career, which was the fear of judgment, comparison, and failure. So share, was it, share, I decided not to hold back anymore. So how did yeah, you do it? Deci- one thing to say, I decided not to hold back anymore. And I love that. What did you do? How did you do that? Up until that point, I had lived most of my life based on other people's opinions of how I should live. Mm. Well, I made it the decision and in the moment that at this point moving forward, I'm not going to care. I'm just going to show up as me. Mm. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I'm going to try new things when it comes to public speaking and building a brand that I know I'm going to fail at. The first time I took the stage, Andre, I was terrible. But I knew I had to step into those uncomfortable things and actually start to come to enjoy failure. Mm. And what I realized was, all of a sudden here now, I am waking up every day running a business I love because I'm just being me. Mm. And I think so many people show up at work every day as some other version they think people want them to be, including leaders. Mm. Fair enough. So if we would just realize that at the end of the day, none of us have anything to lose. At the end of the day, what's beautiful about business is you're not going to be let go because you're not six foot two, 230 pounds. (laughs) If you just show up as the best version of yourself, to me, that is the definition of living your full potential. At that point, you can't fail. But I love it. Finding a place where you get to be you. And no matter what kind of you you are, like, so if you're highly motivated, go to a place that 
rewards highly motivated people that have ideas and wants to share and be of impact and provide solutions. If you want to be somebody that's cursing in the middle of the aisle, guess what? There's a job for you at company A, B, or C, or D that, that will allow it. I'm not saying it may be the best company for other people, but you can do that there. Yeah. Just yeah. not here. You know, so yeah. find a place where you can go and be you and add value. I absolutely love it. And from what you mentioned earlier, it sounds like give it your 110% and leave it all on the field. Leave it all on the field. It's amazing what people recognize when you do that. I was very scared, Andre, starting my own business because I grew up in a family that didn't take those kinds of risks. Right. But I will tell you, when I realized that one of the big things you have to understand in running your own business is everything is on you. It is 100% your responsibility. I actually liked that. I actually enjoyed that because I knew, you know, it is easy to go work for a bit company and hide, right? Like you said earlier, you can fail, but really at the end of the day, does it fall on you or the company? You're, not, you're probably not going to get fired. You can kind of go hide and come home every day, earn your paycheck. When you own your own business, there is no hiding. You either pass or fail and it is 100% on you. And that's the same feeling I had in sports. The sky was only limited by my ability to show up every day and perform. Now that I know I can have that same feeling running my own business, that it's the work I put into it and the way I go about growing from my failures, I would never give this up again. I don't know if I could ever go work for anybody again because there's just too much freedom in that. I'll tell you right now, I couldn't. Well, I could do anything. We could do anything. There is nothing in me that is attracted to going and being an employee again. And that's no knock on anyone who's an employee. My wife is a fantastic employee. You would want to hire a thousand of hers, okay? Like there's no knock on being an employee. That's your thing. That's fine. I love being in charge of and creating what I love. And it all comes down to intentionality and your consistency and marrying the vision. So what vision do you have? Marry the vision, but not the path. And I love how you continuously mention falling in love with failure. Everything that I first was doing in the beginning did not work out the way that I wanted. My first speaking engagement, I set up 80 chairs. Three people showed up, okay? However, it wasn't a failure as long as you can take the lessons from it. Why did this happen? What could I have done better? Not to mention perform for those three like you were performed for those 80. So for me, intentionality, consistency, marry your vision, but not the path you think will take you there or more dangerously, the path you believe you deserve, okay? So I want to ask you about transition because from a pro baseball player to having your own business and the whole world is in transition and change. You have so many people getting new jobs, getting new starts, starting their own business, going from company A to company Z. So I looked on LinkedIn and it's amazing how many people have a new position, new promotion, transition and change is what this world is about right now. What advice would you give anyone going through professional change from one thing to another? Make consistency your superpower. Mm. I think if you focus on just showing up consistent every day, and when I say consistent, that's with the habits, right? The daily habits that you bring to your day. I don't think it matters what you do for a living, you'll be successful. And so the job can change, the environment can change, the office can change, the role can change. But what should never change is the habits you apply every day. 
And it's the habits that are going to lead to your success. It's not your new job title. It's not the amount of money you're being paid. It's your habits. And so I tell people when, when people ask what has been my key ingredient to have business success in my business that I've had, because I just started this business a year or two ago, is the consistency. Show up every day. Wow. Take no plays off. I love it. Hey, you guys heard it here. You're in transition. Your habits matter. Be aware of what they are. Put them in your calendar if you need to. Are your habits making you better or bitter? Are they making you busy or better? Check your habits, do them consistently. And now you also get to start teaching it to other people. I just released an article and a video that's coming. Uh, leaders know, do you know what you know? So sometimes writing down your habits and what needs to happen in the day to make you successful, sometimes we're so on autopilot, we haven't checked them. Because once you know them, then now you can teach them maybe to your team and enlighten somebody else. So you're not always pulling the load as a leader. I'd like to thank you for being here with us today on the You Evolve Now podcast, because I know that you loved him and I hope that you had a notebook and were writing down some notes. Andy, how can people get in touch with you? One, to connect with you. Two, maybe there's some insurance people and agents out there. Maybe you want Andy for a speaking engagement or training within your organization because I would want him. How can people get in touch with you, Andy? Yeah, really easy. You can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably one of the easiest ways to do it. Andy Neary. Uh, just look for founder of Complete Game Consulting. And then go to my website, andyneary.com. Absolutely. Can you give a quick spelling for that so everybody knows? Yeah, it's who are listening? A- A-N-D-Y-N-E-A-R-Y.com. And, and if anybody wants to join, I have a text community, Andre, that I share content, inspiring messages with every day. All they got to do is text the word daily to 414-622-1462 and they can get in on that. Wow. Say that number one more time, please. Text the, yeah, just text the word daily to 414-622-1462. Hey guys, you heard it here. Please connect with Andy. Thank you guys so much for checking in today. I hope that something resonated with you and at least you took one nugget. You now know something new. Now, please remember, knowing something new without applying that something new will lead to nothing new. So give yourself some homework. What was your biggest takeaway from our show today? Something Andy said, something I said, something we discussed. And what homework are you going to give yourself now? Remember, this is you evolving now, not you evolving when you're motivated on Monday or quarter one or January 1st. Now to start that new life of yours. Guys, thanks so much. Until next time, enjoy your evolution. I hope today's podcast resonated with you, allowing you to enhance your leadership and work-life harmony. If you like this, you're going to love everything at youevolvingnow.com. That's Y-O-U, evolvingnow.com. I look forward to being of value and of impact to your organization, to your leaders, your employees, your teams, and you. Enjoy your evolution. 
Thank you for listening into this week's episode. And if you know of any other high achievers like yourself that you think would benefit from this episode, please do me a favor. Please share this with them. You would help me go a long way in sharing this message, getting this message out to as many people as possible. I'd be forever grateful. And if you really found benefit from today's episode, do me a favor, go subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a great review. It always helps to make sure that this podcast is getting in front of as many ears and eyeballs as possible. Thank you.